word tonight. I don't know if I'll finish this. My plan is to finish it tonight. If not, we'll leave it for another Sunday night, as we've already got Wednesday planned and ready to go um, for sanctification. But I want to start off in John chapter 8, and uh, I hope that this, this message is helping you. This is something that I said personally was really a blessing to me as the Lord began to teach me how to not walk under the condemnation of the devil and how to learn to walk under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And there's a big difference. And we're going to see that difference right here in this story. Probably the absolute best example in the Bible of these two differences. So we're going to start in verse 1. And many of you know this story. John chapter 8, verse 1. Give me an amen if you're there. And everyone went to his own house. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again to the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. And then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act now Moses in the law commanded us that, this, this, that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. And Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. And when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, notice that and underline that. Being convicted by their conscience, okay? So there we see the word conviction. Went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last, and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. Now stop reading for a second. This is really interesting because these are religious people. These are, are, are really, um, in this moment, really in the wrong, even though they think they're doing right. And, and, and this, is, this is the place we need to get. We need to be the kind of people who are not trying to fix everybody else's lives, but worrying about our own. And even in this moment, religion is defeated as the conviction of what Jesus said comes and says, I'm going to let you guys stone her because it's true. The law says she should be stoned. But the person who's going to throw the stone is going to be somebody who has no sin in their life. And as they thought of that, it was Jesus' being God's words at them. It pierced their hearts, kind of like we saw in the book of Acts. And those people were like, even though they wanted to kill Jesus, even though they wanted something else to happen, something inside their conscience said, even though I think I'm a good person, I can't do this. I'm not the one to throw this stone. And, and that's, that's a powerful statement here, okay, that we're seeing. And so then it goes on to say, what verse did I leave off in? 10. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are your accusers? Watch this. Has no one condemned you? He said, she says, no one, Lord. And Jesus says, neither do I 
condemn you. Go and sin no more. Amen. Father, anoint your word tonight. Anoint our ears. Keep us uh, alert tonight in the spirit just to learn something from you powerfully. We are here to learn. We're here to worship you. We're here to grow in our faith. Lord, let this service not just be another service, but let it be a service where our lives are changed. Our faith is built. Our convictions become stronger. And condemnation becomes less, Father. Lord, help us to discern and understand the difference between what condemnation is and what conviction is and who they come from. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, powerful story. Really important to see here as we move on in a second to some other things that I want to look at. How he, he's, he sees that their consciences were convicted. They all left. And some people might think at the end of this story when, she, when she, he says... Neither do I condemn you. You know, some people would take this to be, well, you know, God, Jesus let her off the hook. She was, she was guilty. She should have been punished. And it wasn't about punishing her. It was about her understanding that he's saying, I'm not condoning what you're doing. I'm not making it okay what you did. I didn't say that, that uh, uh, I don't accuse you of what you did because she knew she was adulterous. She knew she had made a mistake. She knew she was dead in the water, so to speak. But what he was doing to her is what he does to us. He was saying, I'm not going to condemn you. I want you to be changed. I want you to be saved. And so he says these words, and this is what's, what, 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 where our part comes in. He says, go and sin no more. He's saying, this is forgiven, but don't come back and do it again. Amen. And that's, that's where we're going to begin to see in our walk where we're going to know the difference between condemnation and conviction because when it is conviction and we are repenting of our sins and we mean it and we're sorry for the things that we've done, then we're not going to want to do those things again. We're not going to go back and do those things again. We don't know what, what that woman, I believe with all my heart that woman went on to, to be a virtuous woman. She went on to live her life, the rest of her life for the Lord. And she never went back to being an adulteress again. And she changed her life because of those words. Amen? But I do believe at the same time that if we were to follow her life, she may have been very easily in the position many of us are tonight where the enemy followed her and chased her down and sought after her and spoke things into her life and said to her, hey, remember you were an adulteress? Hey, remember this? And, and that's what the devil will do. He will continually bring up our past. He will continue to remind us of the dirt that we had in our lives. And after the vision you saw this morning, that's where we have to learn. And you can see how all these messages are kind of, kind of tying together. We have to say, no, I'm not going to allow that dirtiness to stay on me. Jesus has made me clean. I'm not going to allow this thing to stay in my life. God has changed me. I'm not going to be rejected anymore. God has accepted me. And that's where we come in and we begin to do the battle. This is, there's a battle that has to be fought. Amen. So neither do I condemn thee. And then we, we need to understand this. Satan is the accuser. It says it in Revelation 12, if you want to read it later, Satan is the accuser. He, he accuses us and he reminds us of our sin and he, and, he, and he reminds us of the things we've done. But we have to understand right before we move on, biblically, doesn't the Bible tell us that those things that Jesus, that the devil is telling us we did wrong, doesn't the Bible tell us that he's talking about something that in God's eyes has never happened? That's what we need to remember. 
If we have confessed our sin and asked Jesus to forgive us like we talked about this morning, that has been washed off of us. It is no longer there. And so we need to learn to say, devil, not only am I not going to give you a voice, but I don't even know what you're talking about. Because God doesn't know what you're talking about. Amen? But he'll try to bring up that past. And we need to remember that he's the accuser. 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 He's going to point his finger. And then also he is the, he's a liar. That same chapter, chapter 8, if you'll read on later that, maybe tonight or tomorrow, read on the rest of John 8, you'll see that, the, that Jesus calls Satan the father of all lies. He's a liar. So everything that's not truth comes from him. I want you to go to 1 John chapter 1. And, and I want to answer the question tonight, hopefully, of the dilemma that we have as believers. The dilemma. And the dilemma is, how do I know if I'm feeling conviction or if I'm feeling condemnation? How do I know if I'm being convicted or if I'm being condemned? How do I know? How, how can I know the difference as we look at 1 John chapter 1? Give me an amen when you get there. And let's pay attention. Let's, let's really just dig into this tonight and read this and let the Holy Spirit speak to us. It says, verse 6, If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not know the truth. And so before we read on, we have to understand, again, we have a part in this walk. We have to continually, every day, off that visual again this morning, we have to wash our hands every morning. We have to apply the blood of Jesus every morning. We have to make decisions. Remember that one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. We have to make a decision that I'm not going to do what feels good all the time. I'm not going to do what my flesh wants to do. I'm going to do what God's will is to do. Amen. I am sanctified and set apart to God. And so if I say I'm a believer, then I need to act like a believer. Amen. If I'm a child of God, then I need to act like my father. If I believe in Jesus Christ, then I need to imitate Jesus. And, and there's no doubt, church, there's a lot of people today in the church world who don't act like Jesus, don't talk like Jesus, don't live like Jesus. But that doesn't mean it's okay. It's not okay to live that kind of a life. God expects us to be different. But again, that's something that I have to work out myself with my own personal salvation, like the Bible says, with fear and trembling. And so he's saying here, if I say I have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, I lie. Let's continue and don't know the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. You know what that means? That means don't go the other extreme where all of a sudden you believe you've, 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 you've become a saint and you're never going to make a mistake again. Right, well, I've arrived. I'm good. I'm not going to ever fall in that again. That's pride. So you can't sit there and say, I don't have sin in my life. We are sinners. We, we are sinners saved by grace. We need God's grace. We need God's help. We need God's forgiveness. But i got to understand that if I'm not careful, I can go back to that old man. I can go back to that old person that I was. Real easy. It's a daily decision. Think about what Paul said. I'm not there tonight, but he said, I crucify my flesh daily. I die to my flesh 
daily. Again, not to beat a dead horse. This is why we talk so much about having that relationship Monday and Thursday and Friday and Tuesday afternoon, not just when we come to church. Because we got to get up every morning and tell the flesh, listen flesh, I'm in control through the Holy Spirit this morning. I'm not going to do what you want. I'm not going to fulfill the lusts of my flesh. I'm not going to walk in darkness. I'm a child of God. I'm going to act like a child of God. I'm going to think like a child of God. I'm going to talk like a child of God because I want to honor my Father. And you tell your flesh and you tell the devil who's in charge and that I can do all these things through Christ who gives me strength. And I'm going to walk in the light. So it's a decision that has to be made every day. So you can't go to the other extreme and, 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 and or begin to act like, you know, some people in the world, the Christian world today, think the way they dress, and hey, it's great to dress modest. We, we need that. Sometimes people think the way they dress makes them holy. Sometimes people think things they do make them holy. It, 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 Jesus was beating that up the whole time he was on the earth. He says, you, he, he was really bold, too. He says, you whitewashed tombs? Man, you, if I could, I'm going to do a message one of these days soon and quote Jesus on all the harsh things he said, man. You'd be like, whoa. I mean, he said, you brood of vipers. Amen. He, he was like, he was after, he, you know what he doesn't like? He doesn't like religious people. He doesn't, meaning people who, who put this thing on on the outside, but they're not real. I'm, I am a sinner, and I humble myself tonight to understand that if it wasn't for Jesus, I would be so lost, so dead, so in hell, so without hope. But thank God for his grace. Amen. Thank God for his mercy. Amen? So there's a balance down the middle of this road that I'm walking. Let's keep going. Where do I leave off? If we, we deceive ourselves if we say we have no sin, and the truth is not in us. Watch this. If... If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. We, read, we, we talked about this, the altar call, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, these things I write to you that you sin not. So God wants us to have a life like that where, where we're living in a dis- disciplined life. He doesn't want us just to, just to go do what feels good. I, ha- I wish that you'd sin not. Watch this. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, a lawyer, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. Meaning, he is the one who took our place and stood in for us. And not only for ours, watch this, but also for all the sins of the world. Remember I mentioned that this morning? Now, let me tell you an error in teaching real quick while I'm here. There are teachers today who preach that verse and and believe that everybody's going to go to heaven because Jesus Christ died for all the sins of the world and it's all we have to do is 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 just understand that that he did that and it's got, called the gospel of inclusive inclusiveness or inclusionism where everybody's going to go to heaven it doesn't matter what religion he already died for everybody now there's a truth to the fact that he already died for everybody there's a truth that he died for the sins of everybody but like i said this morning you have to apply you have to accept. You have to believe. And that's what saves you. And so there's some crazy teaching going on, and I've heard those teachings, and, 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 and that would be great, but it's not what the Bible tells us. And then it says, Hereby do we know that we know him, watch this, if we keep his commandments. Okay? 
Now, why did I read all that? Because this is a way we can begin to understand when I'm feeling conviction or condemnation, who it's coming from. So what he's saying, basically, just to paraphrase this entire set of uh, several verses that I read, I don't have exactly how many they are in front of me, it's this. He says to the church, he says to us, if you will confess, or here's another way to say that, if you will own up to your sin, if you'll be real about it, if if you'll be open about it, if you'll be honest with me, I'll forgive you. Right? What's the, what's, what's the only thing that can keep us in, in, in darkness is unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin. Where I do something and I try to keep it in secret and I try to hide it. And we've talked about this many times. I can hide it from you. I can hide it from my wife. I can hide it from my kids. I can hide it from my parents. I can hide it from everybody, but I can't hide it from God. God sees it. God sees everything. And so we become real. It seems like religion, what the devil did with religion is he, he kind of erroneously taught us to think that somehow the things we do put some kind of shield over us that God can't see through. And if we just be, you know, act religious, then, then it'll be all right. It's foolish. It's foolish. The sky is open. The camera's on. His eyes are looking at everything. He sees everything. And we need to be honest with God. And when we make a mistake, we need to own up to our mistake and say, Lord, I've made a mistake. And, and, and the only thing he won't forgive is unconfessed sin. Yeah. So we, we have to just do our part and confess. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah. So this is basically what he's saying. And, and what happens is, is when I'm in love with God and I'm in fellowship here, as it says, and I'm walking in the light and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and I'm confessing and owning up to my sin and I have an attitude that I want to please the Lord and I'm not having the attitude that I want to get away with what I can get away with. I really, really want to please the Lord with my actions. Then what happens is through love, this is a crazy thing. This is Romans chapter 2, verse 3. Just write it down. Don't, don't go there for time. This is what happens. I, as I fall in love with the Lord, and I begin to realize how good he is, this is very different from what religion teaches. The, the Bible says in Romans 2, 3, that the goodness of God leads me to repentance. Another word is his kindness. I believe Carrie Job sings that song, his kindness leads me to repentance. It's a powerful thought. It's not like he's standing over us with a fist closed and he's saying, you better get right. He's he's saying, man, and this is where you're going to begin to see the difference between conviction and condemnation. Jesus is always going to be causing us to want to change, not make us change. Want us to change. Because he gave us a free will. He gave us the opportunity to choose. So repentance, you know what it means? It means genuine remorse. It means I'm truly sorry for that thing that I did that I confessed. I'm not just confessing it. And this is an area that only you can know. Only you can know. And, but, but, you know, you can relate it kind of in an idea to our life we live in, church. We, we have relationships. We have marriages. We have friendships. If every single week you did the same thing to your spouse or to a friend or to a family member... And every single time you did it, you said you were sorry. And it went on for weeks and months and years. They might begin to start doubting if you were really sorry about it. Might not take years. How many know what I'm talking about? You're going to begin to say, man, you, you keep on asking for forgiveness, and I forgive you, but 
why don't you stop doing it? And so you don't have to keep asking me for forgiveness because I'm kind of starting to doubt if you really are sorry. Right? And that's where God gets with us. He, he's willing to forgive us. He wants to forgive us. But inside of his, his being, he's saying, I sure would like you to show me that you're serious about this and show me some genuine remorse. Because Hebrews 10.26 says this, write this for time, for if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. That's a powerful verse. If we willingly sin after we've received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. One of the things we have to understand, and it's good and it's bad at the same time, is the more you learn about the Word of God, the more you are responsible. The more you have to answer to God for it. Now, that right there might set some people out and say, well, I'm going to start reading the Bible then. Well, it's too late. It's too late. You're already in. So if you're in, you might as well do it right. Amen. You've already got the knowledge. And, and, and that's kind of an attitude sometimes that people have. I'm just going to try to run away from this. But you can't run away from it. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. i got a lot of scripture for you. Amen. Amen. Genuine remorse. Repentance. And we're going we're gonna to start getting an understanding here. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Shout at me when you get there. Paul speaking to the church. I love, I love the Corinthians and the Galatians and the Ephesians and all that because he's speaking to the church just like he's speaking to us today. Different generation, different time frame, but same idea. He says in verse 8 of 2 Corinthians chapter 7, for even if I made you sorry with my letter, I do not regret it. You there? Is that right? Am I in the right place? Even if I made you sorry with my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, for I perceive that the same epistle made you sorry, though only for a while. Now I rejoice. Not that you were made sorry, watch this, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner that you might suffer, lo suffer loss from us in nothing. And here's a powerful verse. Godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. That might be a good verse if you don't get anything else out of this message. Just to grab that right there. Godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. So here we go again understanding that I have a part in this not getting saved, but walking in my salvation. Hopefully tonight you're here, new believer or older believer in the Lord, and you've realized and are clear on the understanding, nothing I can do makes me good enough to be saved. Nothing. I am saved absolutely 100% by grace. Okay? So he accepts me as I am. But once he accepts me as I am, now he asks me to change. He wants me, as we're going to talk about on Wednesday nights, to become more like him. He wants me to be less every day like my old person and more like him. It's a process. It's a continued process. And, he's, and so if you have this, what does this mean? This, means, this does not mean you beat yourself up and you condemn yourself because you can do that. It means that there's a sorrow that produces repentance, meaning, I, God, I, I don't want to do this. And Paul so, so told us in the Word that there was a battle. 
Remember, he said, the things that I don't want to do, I do, and the things I do want to do, I don't do. He wasn't making that okay. He was making us understand that he had that battle, too, even as an apostle. He had that battle between uh, what his flesh wanted to do and what his spirit wants to do. Every day of your life, you're going to have to make a choice in your life. You're, you're going to have the flesh saying, do this, and you're going to have the Spirit of God saying, do this. And every day, you have to make the right choice. Every day. And if you begin to make the wrong choice, and then the next day, you make the wrong choice again, and then the following day, you make the wrong choice again, and if you begin to get on a road where you're continually over and over making the wrong choice and no longer making the right one, that's where you get in danger. That's where you begin to, begin to walk away from God, not God walking away from you. But you begin to choose that that life is, that that sin is better than, than salvation, than that sin is greater. That that, do you realize tonight there is nothing that you could want to do in this life that is worth missing heaven over? Nothing. Is there anything that is so good as of a sin that would be worth spending eternity apart from God? No, there's nothing. And so we have to get a seriousness in us. This fact of, of, of understanding condemnation and conviction does not take away the seriousness of our walk. But what it takes away is the condemnation of the devil. Where he's pointing his finger at us because why? He's already lost. And he wants us to join him. He wants us to come to his side. He wants us to be like him. So let's keep reading. Godly repentance. Sorry, sorry, 10. Verse, Godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces what? Death. For observe this very thing, that you sorrowed in a godly manner. What diligence it produced in you. What clearing of yourselves. What indignation. What fear. What vehement desire, what zeal, what vindication. This is some powerful words right there. In all things, you proved yourselves to be clear in this matter. I am covering my bases. I am making sure that I'm not allowing anything to attach itself to me. This world wants to grab onto you. The old self wants, to, wants you back. And, and I could have even tied this morning... I could have tied those pieces of paper to something on string and just showed you how much the world wants to get a hold of you. How much the world wants to keep you from going forward and living in your past. God wants us to move forward. He wants us to go every day closer to Jesus and further away from who we used to be. I cannot say that enough. But here's the problem. Think about this. When we have truly repented, and only you can know that, sometimes we feel a mixture of feelings inside of us. Okay? But it comes after genuine repentance. I mean, you have genuinely been repentant. You are remorseful. You are sorry. You have confessed it. You've said, Lord, I, I'm sorry I did that, and I mean it. I, I don't want to do it again. And here, here, think about this. This is really important. This might be the most important part of the message. If you do that, if you genuinely repent and then feel guilt or shame or dread or sorrow, still that is the devil. Did you catch that? It's very important. If you genuinely repent and you still feel guilt, that's not God. That's the devil. Okay? That's the devil. Look at 1 John. Go back to 1 John chapter 3. 
First John chapter 3. Verse 7. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Watch this. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. Ouch. That's a powerful statement. Love his brother. Doesn't say like his brother. Amen. Doesn't say like his brother. Says love his brother. Okay? Now go down to 19. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Watch this. If our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because he, we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Write down in your notes, the heart is key. Yeah. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. I can't see your heart. You can't see my heart spiritually or physically. Thank God. Be in trouble if we could see each other's hearts. But there's something that God is teaching us here. He's showing us here in his word. He's saying that if, if I'm outside of, the, of being born again and I'm not born again, I am going to be a sinner. I am a sinner. It is what I am. Now that I'm saved, now that I'm born again, I am no longer a child of the devil. I am a child of God. So who do I listen to? That's what we have to ask ourselves. Who do I, what is the voice that I listen to? If I'm listening to condemnation, what does Romans 8 tell us? There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So if you are walking with God and you, and you are pleasing God and you are trying your very best to live for the Lord and, and you are, are obeying His commands and you are, are doing everything to the best of your ability, physically, spiritually, mentally, every, the way you can, you need to understand that God sees that and sees the heart behind it. And now watch this. Sometimes we condemn ourselves. We are our worst enemy. We're the ones that look in the mirror and say, hey, you're, you're failing. Hey, you're messing up. Hey, you're not good enough. Hey, you haven't prayed enough. Hey, you haven't read the word enough. You haven't done this enough. And we, we are our worst enemy, and we can condemn ourselves and sometimes confuse that our condemnation is God's condemnation. And that's not true. We refuse, refuse to, we, we, we have doubt, we have fear, we have low self-esteem. And listen to this, we refuse to feel free even after being cleansed. Do you think that's God? No. It's, it's the enemy. It's condemnation. It's a spirit. Now this is important. God is greater than your heart no matter how you feel. 
I, there's a message I've preached several times over the years called fickle feelings. Your feelings are fickle. Cannot go by your feelings. You're not always going to feel great with God. You're not always going to feel like the greatest person, the most close to God, and the, the best person, and the least sinner, and all. You're not going to feel that way. Sometimes your feelings are going to confuse you. That's why you need to read the Word and read what His Bible says about you. Amen? And because He is, and here's, here's something I have written down trust the Word. You have to trust God's Word. That if He says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, then that's true. Amen. Amen? No matter what the devil says, no matter what the voice in your head says, no matter what the world says, no matter what someone around you says, it, if Jesus says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, then it's true. I believe God's word. And we have to understand that that faith, this is, this is faith. Everything we're talking about is faith. We have to have faith to believe this. We have to have, here, here, think about it. Think about how, how evident our faith is right now. It has to be evident in this situation to believe that God's word says I'm forgiven even though I don't feel forgiven sometimes. That I am clean even though I don't feel clean sometimes. That I am whole even though I don't feel whole sometimes. That I am holy even though I don't feel holy sometimes. That I am righteous even though I don't feel righteous sometimes. God's word says it, I believe it. Why? Because Jesus is our high priest. Thank God that I'm not the one who stands in for your sins. Thank God a human is not the one that stands in for your sins. Jesus is our high priest. And, and that was the system that failed, that, that man could never do right because they were, they were sinners themselves. And Jesus came down to become that high priest once and for all, and it's finished. The work is done. I want to close with this tonight. Here's a few things to think about. There's a tone of voice I have written down. Tone of voice. Actually, write this down right before I read this to close. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. I should have probably read this in the beginning. I kind of said it, but I didn't quote the exact scriptures. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. It says, for by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. And it says, it is the gift of God. Guess what the greatest gift is right now? This year, this month, get grace. Grace, it's a gift. The gift of grace. Amen? How many know that's a gift we could give? We could be graceful to each other, like God's been graceful to us. So he says, for grace you're saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. This is something, I had to have a revelation on this, not of works. Many years ago, I had, I, God had to show me this, not of works, lest any man should boast. What's works? Works is that soap from this morning. Yeah. Work is that, works is that thing that makes us feel like we're doing something, makes us feel like we're getting clean, but at the end of it, we're still dirty. Right. Works. Works are good, but they're not going to cleanse us. Right. Works are necessary. They're fruit of our belief with God. Don't, don't think because we're not saved by it, we don't need to do it. We need to do works. We need to do more works. That might be the thing that I condemn myself the most of. God, am I doing enough? God, I should be doing more. God, I should be preaching more. God, I should be witnessing more. God, I should be saving the world more. I should be feeding more. I should be clothing more. I should be doing more. That's, I condemn myself on that all the time. So works are good, but they don't get me saved. It says, not of works, lest any man should boast. 
See, there's not going to be anybody in heaven that says, God, I got here because I was good. Nobody. And that's why when we get to heaven, even though he's going to, 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 to uh, give us a prize and a reward, he's going to give us crowns of righteousness, crown of glory, and all the crowns we went over, that's why we will put them back at his feet. Because even though he's going to reward us, we're going to be so humbled and so thankful just to be there that we're not going to even want to hold it. We're going to hey, here, take it back, Lord. Amen? Take it back. It's yours. Thank you for that. So he says, not of words, lest any man should boast. And watch this. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has ordained before that we should walk in them. So real quick, just, just think about this. Here, here's a tone of voice. Um, I'm not going to take too long on this. I might go over it later. In, in the spirit of conviction, it'll always be a gentle, loving voice of the Father. Okay? Gentle, loving voice. It'll, it'll invite you to return to Him. It'll invite you to draw closer to Him. And it'll be, it won't be a yelling. It'll be a tone of voice that, that draws you to Him. Okay? That's, that's conviction. Condemnation is always going to be a voice of accusation, of mocking, of questioning, and of confusion. It's really important that you can see that difference. Specific. Think about this. This is important. Conviction is specific. Conviction of the Holy Spirit will point out one needed area only. When the Holy Spirit deals with you, He's not going to throw 25 things at you at once. He's not going to throw you a list. He's dealing with you every day on something. That's conviction. It's specific. Okay, it's specific. Are you catching that? Conviction deals with the sin that has been committed. So that means if I did a specific sin, the Holy Spirit's going to convict me for that sin. That one. Following me? But condemnation is indirect and generalizes. And I might do this specific sin wrong, and, and he will condemn me of all the sins I've done. Does that make sense? He's general. He's going to make you feel bad for the 25 other sins you did in the past, not just the one you just did. He's general. And I said this last Sunday, this is important too, he's going to throw at you a hopelessness. If you're feeling hopeless, that's condemnation. If you're feeling like there's no way out, condemnation. Here's the last one. Conviction encourages. Okay, conviction encourages. God always encourages us to trust him and rely on his willingness and power to save us. So conviction is going to encourage you and and woo you to do greater. Condemnation is going to discourage you. If you're feeling discouraged, not God. If you're feeling discouraged, that's the enemy. And it's probably his strongest weapon. It causes us to feel like we're not worthy. It causes us to feel like we'll never make it. I'm speaking to some people right now. These are your feelings a lot of times. I'll never make it. I'm I'm not good enough. I I can't get this right. I can't make the right decision. That constant feeling is not God. It's It's the devil. And last one, condemnation will dwell on your past. 
You'll always bring up the past. Always, always, over and over. He wants you to remember the past and he wants you to be in in belief, unbelief and despair. And as I said in the beginning, he's always going to bring up your old life. But when, when he brings it up, what do we need to do? We need to remind him, as I said in the beginning, nope, that's under the blood. That's under the blood. That's forgiven. And we need to remind ourselves and the devil of that. And we need to say this, I am, as 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, I am a new creation. And all the old things have been passed away. And behold, all things have become made new. See how powerful the scripture is when we, when we speak it to ourselves and to the enemy? God has accepted us. Amen. Not rejected us. I hope that this message tonight and the things we went over helps. I hope it, and I, it, you know what? It's not going to be perfect. It's not, you're not going to walk out of here like, okay, I got it all together, but it's going to help. And you have to make that decision every day. And I'm telling you, even after all the years I've been saved, I still have to fight it. But I'm trying to help you re- recognize the difference between condemnation and conviction. Okay? Know what the Holy Spirit is speaking. Know the devil's voice and know God's voice. Amen? Father, we thank you tonight. Hopefully, Lord, your word is, is, is speaking to us and we're not allowing the devil to lie to us even as this message is going on. That there's a clarity in your spirit. There's an encouragement in your spirit. Your goodness and kindness leads me to repentance. I want to live for you. I want to live a holy life. I want to live a righteous life. I want to please you in all that I do. Holy Spirit, I ask you tonight to make clear in my life what the spirit of conviction is and what the spirit of condemnation is. And I don't want to allow the devil to condemn me in any way. Devil, you are a liar. And you're the father of all lies. And I do not listen to your voice tonight. I do not listen to your discouragement. I do not listen to your hopelessness. I do not listen to your condemnation. But I listen to the voice of encouragement and the voice of healing and the voice of love that draws me to repentance and causes me to have a relationship that is stronger every day with you. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed tonight, we'll just do business with God tonight. We, we, we deal with this personally. This is a, a personal thing. You have to walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You have to let the Holy Spirit speak to you and show you the things that He doesn't want you to do because He knows what your future is. And the Word says that His future for us is a good future. It's an expected end. It's It's a hope and a future full of love. And the devil's is despair and hopelessness and fear and doubt. And Lord, we ask tonight that you'd help us to discern these two things, to know the difference, to understand your voice tonight. Condemnation shows us the problem, but no solution. Conviction shows us the mistake, but gives us a way out. 
as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this place tonight, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can know Him tonight. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people around this world who are, are religious and, and maybe even believe in God, but they don't have a relationship with Jesus. They've never accepted Him. Many in here tonight were people that were in that place. You believed in God and even thought that you were good with Him and in good standing, but you weren't born again. You weren't saved. Your name wasn't written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That only happens when you accept and confess and receive the work of the cross in your life. How many all over this place tonight could say, would you pray for me, Pastor? I do not know the Lord and I want to be saved tonight. Just put your hand up and put it right back down. That's me. I'm, I'm, I'm lost and I need, I need a Savior tonight. Maybe you're here and you're backslidden. You're, you're in love with this world. You're finding out more and more that, 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 that your, your sin life is dominating you and you need to rededicate to the Lord. That's you tonight. God sees your heart, knows your heart, wants to, wants to re, re, reunite with you. He's never left you, but you maybe have walked away from Him. Tonight you can rededicate your life to the Lord. Let's stand to our feet. Keep our eyes closed if you could. Let's say the sinner's prayer tonight. Let's, let's make Jesus Lord of our life tonight. For those that are listening online before we open up to the altar and take some time to pray, just repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for your forgiveness and your grace and your love. I know that your word says that the wages of my sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Jesus, I need help. I'm lost without you. My hands are dirty with sin. I need a Savior. I believe with all my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, shed his blood, and died a, a sacrificial death for me and stood in my place. And then after you died, you rose from the dead and conquered death so that I could live eternal life with you. Jesus, forgive me of all my sins and wash me clean. I turn away from my old man, my old ways, and my old thoughts. And I give my life to you in the name of Jesus. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. As we begin to sing a song tonight.